0: is real i'm natalie d
1: i'm drew toothpaste
0: uh pull up a chair and enjoy a fireside chat on the nature of reality
1: (laughs) have you ever thought about what reality is natalie
0: yes i think about it constantly all the time
1: i have thought about it my whole life, which is great because, I mean, it's pretty much what you do when you're awake. Right. Is You do reality, so.
0: You gotta question it, though. I'm very much a questioner of reality. It's something that I enjoy doing.
1: What do you think the first time is that you questioned reality?
0: You know, I think that the first time I really questioned what was going on, when I was probably about 16 or 17 years old, I had this dream that was extremely troubling to me. It was disturbing. And in dream I was in my car like sitting in the parking lot and my car was swarmed by a bunch of people who had like their hands on the windows and on the windshield and on the back windshield and they were shaking my car around and they wouldn't let me go like they were gonna push my car over and then like not even a day or two later I was working at the library and I left work at the end of my shift I was going to get in my car and these teenagers were like hey will you buy us some cigarettes and I was like no and they're like come on and I was like no I'm not gonna buy you guys cigarettes I can't even buy cigarettes." I wasn't even 18 right yeah and I got in my car and they all swarmed my car and they all put their hands on my windows of my car and started shaking my car around like in the exact same way in my dream that I had like a day or two before that I think that was the first time that something happened where I was like there is something else aside from what you perceive like just with your eyes during the day right that was the first thing that happened to me that was really profoundly weird
1: so that was precognizant is that what you would call it?
0: I suppose so, like uh, like a dream, like a prophetic dream, or like yeah, precognition. I don't know what the hell it was, but it was definitely disturbing. And I've had it happen a couple times since then, but that was very jarring to me. And it was very, it was like I said, it was the very first thing that happened to me where I was like, something's different.
1: So obviously, there's something going on beyond just there being a coincidence, because that exact thing happening would be completely bizarre, right? right. And you've had that happen since.
0: Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've had dreams where I was like, that was a weird dream, and then like a day or two later it was like the same thing, like right in front of my face. It's like, damn.
1: I love when I have a dream about being in some totally mundane place, like an office. Have you seen online? They say the back rooms. Mm-hmm. Like just a dreary office, you know, fluorescent lights, and they go back, and it looks like, the, it looks like it's 20 or 30 years old. Right. Just kind of dingy. And, you know, absolutely nondescript dream of something happening. And then, you know, I have to go in and get my foot looked at at the doctor or something. like go, and it's the fucking thing for my dream.
0: Right, right, right. Like, what?
1: Come on.
0: <laughs> like,
1: out of all the shit, like, I've never been able to, you know, do anything that society would think of as ESP or, like, telekinesis. Right? I can't set fires like Carrie. That'd I, be dope, wouldn't I,
0: it? I can't. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I do the Zener cards, you know, the five symbols, the triangle, the circle, the square, the wavy lines, Mm -hmm. you know, the ESP test. I do that. I always get, like, half of the score you need to be classified as having ESP. Right, right. Never have anything. But there's shit like that that happens. And, you know, I've I've never been to the foot room before, man. (laughs) Why did I dr- I dreamt of the foot room and I went there? That's the absolute worst way to like destroy the bounds of reality.
0: Right. Now I have my ideas of what I think is going on when those kind of things happen. But I'm going to wait until later during our chat because I know that we have some topics that are going to touch on this idea.
1: So my question is when did people start questioning reality?
0: Basically people started questioning reality at like at the dawn of philosophy. That is what people were up to. Like as soon as there were philosophers. That is when that business started.
1: I mean, my view of people questioning reality is exactly the apes in the monolith at the beginning of 2001. Right, right. It's exactly the apes are like, now what the fuck is this? (laughs) clearly there's something else going on. And you know, a lot of galaxy brain type people will say consensus reality, because there are certain sort of boundaries that everybody generally agrees on right. as being what happens in reality. For example, time flows in one direction.
0: Sure. Right. And I again, we're going to touch on that later also. So when you're talking about All of this stuff. This stuff is called ontology, right? And ontology is the study of being and studying the nature of reality. What is reality? All the stuff that pertains to it, right? Okay. And then philosophy addresses two aspects of reality. The nature of reality itself. Like, what even is it? And the relationship between the mind and reality. So like what does your brain offer when it comes to that kind of stuff? I think
1: that's interesting to draw a distinction between not I, I don't have a background in philosophy. I just like thinking about stuff.
0: Sure. I took some philosophy classes when I was in college, but they were all like Homo stuff, like postmodernism. It was like philosophy of art or all those kind of classes are what I took. But I, I think I took a political philosophy class too. But I was not a philosophy major or anything like that.
1: You know, scientists typically study what is going on in reality, like what we can detect in our three dimensions moving through time, right? But the nature of the mind perceiving reality is like a whole different universe because just thinking about the way that you see, you know... When you've got your eyes open, if you're blessed to have vision, right, and you're looking around and you close your eyes, you're in a room, you can think about where you are. Your eyes are open and you feel like you have a picture painted Mm -hmm. before you Mm -hmm. of where everything is and what's going on. And that's a total illusion. Right. Even discounting the fact that the light comes into your eye upside down. (laughs) Right. And your brain has to flip it around before it does anything. It's, it has to do a vertical flip on that sucker. Mm-hmm. Your eyes moving around can see only a very little bit of your visual field at any time. And when your eyes move around, it's sort of like shining a flashlight in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And you have this residue that your brain perpetuates that paints the picture of what is around you.
0: Right. If right. your
1: eyes didn't move and your brain didn't have persistence of vision, you'd see a little tiny tunnel of shit.
0: Right. When you're looking at stuff, you have blind spots where your brain will fill stuff in.
1: Yeah. A friend of mine had some temporary vision loss. And the way he figured it out, he had gotten sick and he thinks it's a result of getting sick. And he did not even notice it for months until one day he was looking at his computer, and he had like a box up with some text. He's like working on Microsoft Word or something Mm -hmm. like that. And he's looking at it, and then he noticed that some of the letters of Microsoft Word were outside of the window, and he could move around and like delete them and stuff, and they were outside of the window. And he was like, now what is going on? And he kind of moved his head, and it disappeared. And he managed to like move his head back and forth and found out that there was something he had lost a little tiny bit of vision. Mm -hmm. Just in one little spot on his retina, and his brain was filling in details from like other parts of the screen it was almost doing like that AI shit you know where people make a blurry minion
0: right or if you're in photoshop and you do like the content aware fill
1: yeah little things like that that break reality are like baby's first step into realizing that a lot of the preconceptions we have about what our material existence is are filtered through the the brain's perception
0: Mm -hmm. Right, right
1: my common trick now I used to know Noticed this when I was a kid and I just thought that I was being stupid I didn't realize it was an actual effect but the old clocks they would have in school that had a ticking second hand. When you are looking at something else and then you turn your head or you move your eyes onto a watch or a clock with a ticking second hand, it will appear to be stuck for a moment. Mm -hmm. That is your brain's processing. Your brain is painting in these details. You don't have all the details. And to you, for a moment, like certainly more than a second, it'll appear to be stuck.
0: Right, right. And Similar to that and similar to the idea of your brain filling in details, there's like the occult practice of scrying if you've ever seen like one of those black mirrors like at the Freakazoid store, right? Yeah. The way those mirrors work is that people will look into them when they're in dark rooms and you will see like a little teeny bit of reflection in the black surface, right? And if you stare at it for long enough, then your brain will start filling in all of the areas that are hazy because of the dark room and the dark surface that you're looking into. And then you will see weird shit in the glass.
1: Uh-huh. It, yeah. it all
0: has to do with your perception of an image that is not complete. And your brain really would prefer to have a complete image. And
1: you can always ask the question, you know, is my brain getting this from the subconscious? Is my brain getting this from some other place you know some people believe that anytime something freaky happens that's definitely coming from another dimension or it's coming from magic or something religious or whatever and the truth is probably both Right. Because there's shit happening in the universe that you can't measure. Right. And I think one of the main things that recently affected me is the government disclosure of all the UFOs. Right. Because consensus reality up until that point was that UFOs were completely fake. Right. Anybody saying knew they were fake. And then the government said, no, there's actually a shitload of these all over the place. We don't know what they are. And we're actually really scared of them.
0: It's actually a massive threat. And the threat is... Increasing exponentially. Isn't that what they said? Dad. <laughs>
1: That is exactly what they said uh, last month.
0: Right. It has just been such an amazing time to be alive because, like you said, in 2018, 2019, to me, UFOs were not real. And then in researching for another project, I found so much information just in researching that I was like, there's no way this isn't real. Mm -hmm. I came to that conclusion on my own. And then it was like within like a few months of that happening, suddenly the government is like, UFOs are real. Here's some videos of some UFOs. This is real. This is real. This is real. And then now they are setting up organizations to deal with it. They have changed the name of UFOs to UAPs. And then they changed it again to admit that they're in the ocean.
1: Yeah. U-A-U-P. Unidentified Aerial and Underwater. Right. Phenomena. Right. And they're not even calling them vehicles anymore. They're calling them phenomena because they don't know that they're vehicles.
0: Right. It might just be like Tic Tac shaped sky jellyfish. You don't fucking know. <laughs> Who knows? what? Because no one can talk to them. They're not doing anything that we can decipher, right?
1: Well, and the the thing that's really the linchpin of all of this for me is, okay, there's something going fast. And then, you know, there are people that say, well, this is just something that the bad guys have, you know, referring to other countries as the bad guys. And they're like, no, they go interdimensionally. They go into different dimensions we don't have access to.
0: They just blink into vision and they zip around and then boop, they're gone.
1: So if you're questioning reality this has been a golden time this is really kind of 1849 california like let's get out there and find some more reality
0: right i mean i was always very atheist my whole life i was like no 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 I didn't believe in any of that stuff when I went to church when I was a kid. I basically quit going to church when I was 14 or 15 years old because I did not believe any of it. I was not into Catholicism. I was not a religious person. And I went decades of my life being absolutely atheist. And the shit that has been going on recently has gotten me a big question mark. (laughs) I would not call myself atheist anymore.
1: Well, I think a lot of people who grow up knowing people that go to church, I went to Catholic church when I went to Catholic elementary school. My experience with going there was really, honestly, my folks did not explain anything about it. My mom grew up like Appalachian religious. My dad grew up totally atheist. And, you know, I basically grew up without religion. I got thrown into Catholic school and it was probably the second or third year of me going there where one day I was sitting there and I was like oh you guys think this is real (laughs) wait this is all real to you like I did Uh I honestly I honestly didn't understand it. I just thought it was like something they were doing and they all got together and it was social and everybody just did it because it was like a tradition. I honestly didn't think that people thought it was all real.
0: Right, right.
1: I'm sure that was a game changer for me. I think there are probably a lot of different models of reality, not just religion, not just aliens, not just our current reality plus UFOs, right?
0: I have a very universal theory. Theory of all of it, right? I think it is all the same thing. And any distinctions like UFOs or aliens or angels or religion or whatever, I think are false constructs that we are putting on phenomena that we don't understand. Yeah. That is what I believe is going on.
1: That's a good theory because if you start with the universal theory and you start with everything being the same, that makes categorizing things a lot easier.
0: Right. And I mean, like I said, I've come to some different conclusions over the years. And one of the, my conclusions I came to is I fully believe that it is all. one everything is one everything is the same thing
1: yeah you know i think i definitely feel differently about Religion, you know, many people go through that time as a teenager where they're like, This is all fake, this is all dumb. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you grow up and you're like, Well, you know, you respect people's culture and you respect people's tradition because that's what you do to be a good person. And now I'm like, Well, actually, I think Jesus was an alien,
0: I think Jesus was a mushroom. that later too (laughs) before we get into the weird stuff and before we get into like talking about the different frameworks of reality that people think are set up right let's talk about the reality atheists so there is an idea of realism which is the view that reality is independent of anyone perceiving it like a hole in the ground is the hole in the ground Mm -hmm. regardless of who is looking at it regardless of like who is interacting with it regardless of anyone's perception of it right yeah and so that is not my particular beliefs I think that everything is relative to your perception of it. I am not a realist.
1: I think there's something very compelling about materialism. So materialism is the sort of idea that only the physical world is real. And materialism allows you to understand things through the lens of being able to measure and quantify what you find. Unfortunately, materialism starts to break down when you start noticing that there are constraints that you can't go past, which sort of suggests that materialism is just us at the end of the Truman Show walking up the stairs. (laughs) Because what happens in materialism or what has happened, here's a short history of materialism. You know, people wandered around the world and they made things out of stone and wood and copper and bronze and iron and steel Mm -hmm. and silicon, right? And as we get better and better, you know, we start making glass and grinding glass and we're looking up into the stars and we're looking down into the grains of sand. We look at bigger and bigger things and we look at smaller and smaller things things. The more the technology advances, the further out we can reach. And given that our view of the universe currently is that light is traveling at the speed of light, that's pretty easy. Mm-mm. If you look very far away, you look into the past. That's mm-hmm. the that's the cosmos view of things, right? And you look very, very small until you get to the point where you are looking at things that are so small that you're just not going to be able to bounce photons off, because the shit is getting close to the size of the photons, sure, right? Sure. And so you get an electron microscope, and then you start running shit into each other and measuring the collisions, like the super collider. Mm-hmm. You look at smaller and smaller things until you get to the plank length. This is like 10 to the negative 43rd meters, something on that range. And you find that you can't put anything closer together than that. That's the pixel. Right. You find that there's a length of time that is inviolable. (laughs) You find that if you have a particle in a certain spot, you can't scooch it to one side shorter than the plank length. That's the pixel of the universe. And when you find that, you start going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Right. Hey, man, why does the universe have a clock speed? (laughs) Hey, man, why is all the little dots I thought was bouncing around? Why are those pixels? (laughs)
0: Uh, Right, Um,
1: you know, you start walking up the stairs,
0: right? Exactly. Exactly. In contrast to realism, there is idea of idealism and idealism denies the existence of objects independent of the mind.
1: So nothing exists except as you perceive it. That's the good shit.
0: But here's a question. If nothing exists independent of the mind, all is mind.
1: Well, that would be one conclusion you could come to. Sure.
0: So think about that one. Anyway, so people who are into idealism have been arguing that time is an illusion since the 19th century. And one of the most famous philosophers who talked about this stuff was Descartes. And he had a concept that that was... The main thing with Cartesian philosophy, which was this idea of this evil demon, right? Okay. And he said there was an evil demon of utmost power and cunning who has employed all of his energies in order to deceive him. Okay. And so he was saying that there was some operator who was setting up reality just to manipulate him.
1: So there's an idea of him being put into a sensory gateway and everything that was happening was an evil demon. And feeding him sights and sounds and, sure. and tactile sensations.
0: Right, right. And so this is like a very basic philosophical idea that has continued. And even now will like pop up in conspiracy theory websites and stuff with the idea of the world being like a prison planet Yeah, and stuff like that. It's like related to the same ideas, whereas I don't think that Descartes was really getting into it as far as that, but it's interesting to see the roots of it.
1: Well, he was looking at it philosophically and saying, well, what if, what if this is how it goes? And people have, of course, taken the idea and, you know, famously in the Matrix, they had Keanu jacked into the pod because they were using him for power. Right. And the question is, okay, so since we're humans, we're looking for who's making the money. Follow the money, right? Right, right. So who's making the money off of keeping me in psychological prison? <laughs> Right. And that's always, we can't see, man. We're in here. We can't see out there. We don't know who's pulling the old levers. Right. We don't know what they're getting out of it. If you ask me, it has to do something with making plastic.
0: (laughs) Being worried and making plastic, yeah.
1: Then again, it's like if they're out there and we're in here, then they've got to be getting something out of the environment. Because the plastic's going in our environment, man. Sure, right. maybe they don't want plastic. Right. Well,
0: they're trying to get us to learn a lesson from the plastic. I don't think we're going through that.
1: I would lean away from anybody wanting humans to learn a lesson because, first of all, that is an incredibly hard thing to ever do to anybody. Right. You could take the smartest guy in the fucking universe and try to teach him a lesson and he would not learn the lesson. One of my favorite problems that has confounded everybody, it's confounded me I'm not the smartest guy in the universe, but it has confounded people I have known, or at least frustrated them, even though they're intellectually able to figure it out. Mm. The Monty Hall problem.
0: What is... Oh, the the doors with the goats.
1: (sighs) So the Monty Hall, this is a show, used to be on reruns when we were kids. We didn't watch the original run. We're not that old. Used to be on reruns. There's three doors. Monty is the host, and he pulls you from the audience, and he says, I've got three doors pick a door one two three two doors are gonna have goats one door is gonna have a brand new car and you say door number one and Monty says okay let me sweeten the deal for you i'm gonna pick one of the doors you didn't pick and i'm gonna reveal it so he says open door number two door number two opens up it's a goat and Monty says do you want to switch right turns out it's better if you switch i hate it
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: It is. Yeah, You know, I'm not going to go into it. It sucks. Yeah, I think
0: uh, you explained it to me one time and it sucked. It just... <laughs>
1: It just, it sucks ass. And ultimately, at the end of the day, if he was like fucking with my head, see, I have a bad attitude. So if I was on there and Monty Hall was jacking me around on TV and he had the weird little Bob Barker mic and like the producers were making me jump up and down because you got to get excited to go on those shows or they just won't put you on the fucking show, right? Right, right. So you're jumping up and down and you pick door number one. He's like, door number two's the goat. Do you want to switch? And I'd be like, yeah, bitch, switch me to door number two. Give me the goat.
0: (laughs) Love goats.
1: I love goats, man. Right,
0: so do I. <laughs> So we are getting into now, okay, so reality is wacky, right? It's not what we think it is. And now we are starting to approach this idea of quantum physics. So quantum physics has this idea called spooky action at a distance. And that is when two particles' quantum states are entangled, right? And so when you switch the state of one, the other one also has it happen.
1: Yeah, but it happens instantaneously. Yeah, right,
0: immediately.
1: And it happens over what can be really long distances. Right, right.
0: And so this concept and this thing that is going on is basically like magic and things like spooky action at a distance and things like the double slit experiment imply like a connection between things and it implies a relationship between what happens and the thing perceiving it and things that you do right
1: absolutely and the so the quantum entanglement experiment classically you would say well telepathy which is speaking between minds right telepathy has no basis in reality because we're not able to measure any electromagnetic force Mm -hmm. happening between your head and somebody else's head. We're not able to measure like gravitational force. There's nothing that is transmitting, so nothing could happen. Right. But recently, scientists have found that there is a quantum layer to the brain. Now, one thing I know we've talked about a lot is scientists have this idea of the brain as a computer. Mm -hmm. And the idea is you've got bits and bytes and you compute. Well, there are structures in the brain. There are these tubules that have quantum activity Activity. And this is something that's just barely been looked at. Because mm-hmm. we've been measuring electrical activity right. between neurons. And so now if we consider that particles can be quantum entangled from miles away, mm-hmm. you could think that if your brain is operating on a quantum level and using the, you know, the quantum state of particles in the brain to perform computations and do things, well, you could certainly be entangled with something else. Yep. <laughs> so what does that lead to that leads to maybe you can do things with your mind at a distance maybe you can receive things in your mind from a great distance right maybe when you are accessing your subconscious you might be accessing something that is more global than local
0: right more shared than not
1: and so just like when you get into materialism you start to pick apart the threads of reality when you start getting deeper and deeper into physics things Start happening that don't conform to consensus reality. Mm
0: -hmm. So, two Of the founders of quantum mechanics Or a guy named Wolfgang Pauli and Werner Heisenberg, right? Yeah And they believed that it was the observer that produced collapse of particles
1: Yeah, because the whole idea of quantum mechanics is that you're in multiple states at once And that only when it's observed in some way does it collapse into one possibility
0: Right, and so their idea of quantum mechanics was like not popular with people necessarily yeah. It was never fully endorsed by Niels Bohr. Albert Einstein said it was mystical and anti-scientific. <laughs> and... Polly, who again was one of the guys who founded it, he accepted the term and he said that quantum mechanics was lucid mysticism, which I like.
1: Oh, I love I like it. Like the sound of that. I love it. First of all, Albert Einstein, super smart guy, right? I none of us hold the candle to how smart this guy right, was, sure. but I think that is a great story because it highlights that the guy was so mad that he just got all of his light speed stuff figured out, and somebody else came along and is like, "Well, it depends if you're." looking at it he's like fuck you (laughs) what are you doing i don't believe this for a second (laughs)
0: yeah right I also think it's important to point out that a lot of people who are in the scientific community are very much invested in holding up the way it is right now. Oh, yeah. I have heard people be like, they don't want to have to rewrite everything. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone thinks that we are so advanced that there is nothing left to learn. Like, we know the answers to everything. Everything happened just like this, and there's nothing even to question. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to wonder about.
1: Well, the greatest achievement, at least in personal, terms in science is to have your name on something the natalie principle right if you discovered something and it's the natalie principle and then people are you know you discovered how fluid flows through a pipe and they say this fluid flows according to the natalie principle right right Right. and then some asshole comes along and is like well it depends if you're looking at the fluid you're like what the fuck is your problem (laughs) actually the natalie principle is wrong get the fuck out of here
0: even sure, there's a pipe there.
1: <laughs> I think that this illustrates really nicely that everything actually is perception because once you threaten somebody's ego, oh, yeah, then you know, going through and checking the material basis of the idea falls by the wayside,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so now you can't be sure of what is real and. Not only can you not be sure of what you see is real, but you cannot even be sure that the passage of time, the way you perceive it, is accurate.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: There are... All kinds of different theories on the passage of time and how it is in the grand scheme of things, right? There is an idea called presentism, which is that the past and the future are unreal. And the only thing that is real is the current moment that you're perceiving.
1: Okay. Yeah, sure. Because there you are.
0: Right. There is also a theory called the block universe theory, which is also called eternalism. And that is the idea that the past, the present, and the future are all real, but they all exist always.
1: No, that's Kairos time.
0: Uh-huh. In that case, the passage of time is what is an illusion. It is not like the existence of it or whatever. That is what I personally believe in. And that is what I was talking about before at the beginning of the episode. When I was talking about having dreams. Uh-huh. Where you see something that happens that is like shocking so much that you remember the dream and then it happens a day or two later. That is what I think is going on. I think that everything is always, everything is one. Everything has always existed and will always exist. And so when you have the those dreams, perhaps your consciousness is able to perceive a different point in the always existing events of existence, right? And so you're getting close to this event and, and you are able to pick it up.
1: Well, when you bring your magnet close to another magnet you're holding, you can feel the force pushing them apart or pulling them Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And as it gets closer and closer, the force becomes stronger.
0: Sure, sure. And also like having something strange happen to you or having something impressive happen to you. Like maybe the shock of a bunch of kids attacking your car or like the light anxiety of going to a foot doctor. Like anything (laughs) that is like an irregular stimulation level for you, right? Maybe that will charge an event in a way that makes it easier for you to perceive leading up to it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And just like, you know, if something traumatic happens to you, you remember it, it echoes through time. It echoes afterwards. You know, we don't know what time is. We basically move through time forwards only. You can slow or speed the rate of time that you perceive by doing different things. But if time is an illusion or if time goes both ways, then certainly you could have something echo backwards.
0: Sure, sure. And there's also a growing block universe theory that says that the past and the present are real but the future is not.
1: Yeah, don't take it for granted. Mhm. Eat the bread. <laughs>
0: Along with these ideas where we are questioning the nature of time, there's also the idea of simulation theory, which we kind of lightly talked about earlier. Oh, yeah. There was the Descartes evil demon theory, which we talked about. But that is kind of similar to the brain in the vat hypothesis, where it says... Maybe you're a disembodied brain in a vat and you're being fed false sensory signals. And that is kind of similar to, like, the Matrix, right? I don't believe that that could be the case. Because that seems, like, really labor-intensive, really uh, resource-intensive. And I can't imagine that, like, maintaining a bunch of brains would be, like cost-effective or have any real point.
1: Well, one thing that I think is helpful in picking these theories apart is to see what serves the ego. Right. To imagine that your brain is so important that everybody's going to be there 24 hours a day feeding shit <laughs> into your brain and just sitting there watching as you eat some Taco Bell, man. Right. It's like, just as
0: easy that you don't exist, man.
1: It would be way easier if that wasn't true.
0: Sure, sure. The cart and uh, another... philosopher named Zhang Zhi suggested that reality might just be like a dream. And I think that that idea is interesting. I don't necessarily subscribe to it, but I think that that idea is interesting because I've read about people who are like monks, have like very intensive meditation practices maybe they're like a guru right Mm -hmm. and they say that once you get to be like this super high level of like having control of like your mind and like your states of consciousness and all this other kind of stuff that you just spend your days just like shifting in between waking life and like lucid dreaming and existing in an alternate plane but you just like shift in between like and you you have complete consciousness and complete awareness at all times.
1: So if you are lucid dreaming and you're conscious and you're aware of what you're doing and you're aware that you are dreaming then you are essentially traveling to some other place. Mm
0: -hmm. And they would have like continuing things happening in their their dream consciousness and they would just like it's just like being at work or being at home, right?
1: Well, sure. And the, the traditional thing or at least the thing that they tell children is that your dreams are just, they say, random electrical signals. Well, first of all, it's not random.
0: Mm-mm.
1: It's stupid, but it's not random.
0: Right, right. <laughs>
1: your brain is perceiving what's going on around it and if you are asleep and you are not receiving visual stimulation and you're not receiving auditory stimulation right and you're you know you're going into this other state of consciousness you are still when you're in a dream you're walking around doing stuff usually right Mm -hmm. i don't think that's just electricity that seems a little simple that's like saying the angels are bowling no man it's raining it's thundering
0: have had this recurring dream for like years and years and years. And it is always the same. It is always me in some kind of building and then I get into an elevator and the elevator fucks up somehow. Right? Yeah. Either it starts swinging around or like it starts dropping and all this kind of stuff. It is like really fucked up. I hate it. I probably have elevator dreams like at least once a month. Yeah. All the time. And so, first off, I think it's weird. If it's random electronic shit going on, why would I keep on having the same dream over and over again?
1: Yeah, it it If it was your brain trying to work something out, you would have worked it out by now.
0: Right, right. And so... Recently, though, I had the same fucking dream I always have. It's like another fucking elevator dream. And in my dream, I get into the elevator with this guy, and I notice him jump, like, in the elevator. And suddenly, there was, like, a narrator in my dream, and the narrator was like, as soon as she saw him jump in the elevator, she knew it was going down. And I was like, oh, no, it's another one of these fucking dreams, right? And I was like, I'm having this dream again. I'm going to wake myself up because I hate this shit. And the narrator in the dream was like, no, stay this time. And I was like, all right. (laughs) so... (laughs) And so I I did not wake up and I stayed sleeping and the elevator hit the ground and smashed into a million pieces. And then the end of the dream was me just listening to the guy in the elevator's death rattle. And I was like, well, okay. I'm not sure what the point of that was.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. That's helpful.
0: Hopefully by seeing it to completion, I don't have to have it anymore. But anyway, it was just, I've been thinking about it, right? It doesn't seem like random electronic stuff to me. I don't necessarily think that there's an alternate universe where I just get stuck on elevators all the time. But I do think that maybe there is something that is trying to communicate something to me that I'm not understanding. I don't know.
1: I mean, possibly. And just the fact that, you know, we like to look at our brains and look at an ant and say, the human brain is magnificent.
0: I think that dogs have dreams as complex as ours are. I think cats do. I think that birds do.
1: Well, yeah, I think that it's possible that, you know, dogs, cats, us, we got a little bit of quantum stuff, and so we can do a very tiny amount of funky shit, right? Right. Like, we maybe have just enough microtubules in our brain to receive enough quantum transmissions for us to be minimally conscious. Right. I think we might have just enough of that stuff so where if, you know, some other being needs to talk to us, they can talk to us. Right. Just very basic. We have, like, the crystal radio version of their, like, FM transmitter.
0: Right, right. So there's this other theory of existence called the five-minute hypothesis. And this suggests that the world was created just a minute ago. Like, not very long ago at all, right? Yeah. And at the same time, the world was created... A whole ton of records and traces of older civilizations and all kinds of stuff was created at the exact same time. And so the only reason we think that the world is old and that our experience is old is because we just blinked into existence on a planet that has all of this information and we got loaded up with like false memories.
1: I could see that, sure. (laughs) Again, again, that's a lot of work to trick like a bunch of stupid people like us. Right,
0: right. <laughs>
1: but, you know, if you think past about 5 minutes ago, you can you can remember a few things, but you can't really experience what it was like 5 or 10 minutes ago. Right.
0: Right, it's gone forever.
1: You can't really go back there. Your brain, now this may just be the five minutes talking, but I was always told, well, your brain can only store so much. Your brain has these memories, and then your brain throws out most of it, and then you only remember the important stuff. What if that's just what they tell you so you don't start questioning the five-minute theory? Mm -hmm.
0: Right, right. So that brings us up to speed here where we are giving you guys like a rough foundation and then going forward we are going to touch on all kinds of topics that are of questionable validity and discuss whether or not this concept or this idea or whatever is real and hopefully like come to some conclusions but also probably spend a lot of time with the idea that reality is like a spectrum, man. Even the stuff that seems like it is not real there's always a little bit of stuff that is real and the stuff that you think is extremely true there is going to be little things in it that are a little fishy
1: i think in our past projects we have talked about all kinds of wacky things but that's really where the most interesting things are talking about things that exist you know you can put your shoes on and walk down the street and you're fairly sure the street exists we don't need to talk about the street let's talk about where you're going
0: right (laughs) Right. So what are your feelings? What do you think is the the deal with reality? How likely do you think it is that reality is real?
1: I think that the Western science worshipping nature of reality as defined by uh, r slash atheists and uh, Neil Tyson and NASA and the government and your third grade teacher. I think that is uh, about 99% true. However, they've left out some important things because they don't know about them.
0: Right, right.
1: I think that, you know, you bounce a ball on the wall, the ball comes back. That doesn't mean aliens aren't real, man.
0: (laughs) Everything is real, a little bit. I I, I believe everything, I think it's all real.
1: I have a sneaking (laughs) suspicion that humans' perception is extremely limited to these three dimensions and this little pocket of time we keep moving forward or so we think mm-hmm. and I think that our extremely limited perception keeps us from really understanding what is actually happening and you know largely prevents it from being adopted massively by people as you know what is actually happening
0: right right
1: and of course everything is real is brought to you by garbage brain university if you want to hear more patreon.com garbagebrainuniversity garbage university we're also sponsored by
0: Corey Grella Masterful insurance agent of Alaska.
1: That is 100% real. We have verified this with top scientists.
0: Absolutely. You know what else is extremely real? Harlem Township in Delaware County, Ohio.
1: That's right. Our other sponsor, equally as great, as Corey Grella. Stop by Harlem Township if you want a pastoral experience that you will believe is 100% real.
0: <laughs> yes. Don't forget also to check us out on Patreon.
1: Patreon.com slash Garbage University. That's where you sign up for all the episodes you haven't heard and join our live discord chat
0: right we all like talking about all the weird stuff we all like watching ufo videos and questioning reality all day long so you need to join us and thank you for joining us for everything is real
1: whoa see you next time
0: goodbye i love you